0: Hello, everyone. I'm Shannon.
1: And I'm Jerry.
0: Of course, our golden girl, Betty White, is here with us. You might hear her snoring a little. And we are back for episode 75.
1: You know know what that is? What? 75. The episode 75. That's your diamond episode. (gasps) It is a diamond. It's the diamond episode.
0: Oh, I was just thinking, wow, 75 is just such a big, a big number. I can't believe we made it to 75. and Oh, it is. It's a diamond episode. It's a diamond
1: episode. Yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's a landmark episode. Right? Yeah. It's something that uh, everyone strives for and um, how appropriate today that our guest just shines bright.
0: Like a diamond. Like a
1: spark. Like a spark <laughs> in our lives.
0: <laughs> she does. Oh my gosh. It's going to be such a good show. I can't wait for y'all to listen to it.
1: Yeah. It's going to be fun. First, let's get to our review of the week.
0: Well, today's review comes from Eloise Nine. Eloise says, this podcast is so refreshing. I look forward to the new episodes every Tuesday. Wow, she listens to it the day it comes out. And listen to it while I take my morning walk. She listens
1: to it right when it comes out. Right, right.
0: It is a great addition to my podcast rotation and should be to yours too.
1: Oh, that's really sweet. That is
0: sweet, Eloise. Eloise, like Eloise at the Plaza. Yeah. In New York City.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Remember the old
0: story? Eloise, uh-huh. do you know that?
1: I, I think I do. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, anyway, we love that. Thank you so much, Eloise.
1: And right down our alley. I mean, that's, I know. You're, you're taking that morning walk, Listen to it, I think, too. I like,
0: know, I do. Yeah. I do listen to it when it comes right out because comes I want to make sure that there's no
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: there's no technical issues before I have to take care of it. you're morning
1: walk while you're doing it. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So anyway, if y'all would like to give us a boost of inspiration like Eloise did, please head over to lovethepodcast.com slash Arner Ventures and give us a five-star review or rating. (laughs) Rating, I should say. Rating is how they say it around around here. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a great way for us, a great way to support us, the podcast, and getting this content out to others who may enjoy the topics that we talk about.
0: Yes, and today is a very important topic with a very important guest. Our guest is Elaine Mendoza. Elaine is someone who aligns with everything we live for, making the most out of life without stuff.
1: Yes, can't get enough of that. In 2015, Elaine became a minimalist and decided to travel the world. She's an advocate, and something we love is that she says... That she chose the path she's on because the one written for her was not aligned with my humanness. I love that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, you yeah. may have heard her TED Talk, which is going to be linked down in the show notes. If you have not, you must because it's a great TED Talk. We just loved this convo. We cannot wait for you to hear it.
1: You ready to get to it? Let's get to it. Let's do it.
0: Well, our guest today is Elaine Mercedes Mendoza. Elaine left her safe corporate job in 2015 to pursue a happier life with more freedom. We completely get that. Since then, she's traveled to so many cities and countries around the world that she's lost count. Her world travels have served as a classroom to help her heal the labels that were once in control of her life and that are very possibly affecting yours. She is a published author and speaker. We loved her TED talk, The Power of Labels to Change Your Story, where she spoke about the struggles of being labeled an illegal immigrant and a member of the LGBTQ plus community. Elaine highlights how her life has been stifled as a result of others. Elaine, I cannot wait for this conversation. I'm so excited. Thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. I look forward to this conversation. Yeah. yeah, so so we can get a mental picture because our listeners can't see this. Tell us where you're coming to us from.
2: I am currently in Mexico and I usually come here when I'm waiting for another visa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm just laying
2: low until I get a response to move to Spain. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. What are you going to be doing in Spain? You just want to live there or, or do you um, have something?
2: I've been traveling for eight years now and, I, and I'm noticing after the recent loss of my mother mm-hmm. the need for a home base a place I can always go back to. And Spain after traveling the world has been my number one choice. Right. It just that's, resonated with me. Yeah.
0: That's wonderful. It's wonderful yeah. that you've experienced so much and you know where you're going to be, your, your your journey lies and where you're going to be most comfortable. Yes. And I know we talked before we got on here, you know, I'm so sorry about the loss of your mom. And we um, rescheduled this so that you went to a retreat, which I, would you mind just talking about that to our listeners so that they understand what kind of retreat it was to help you through your grief process?
2: Yes, I went to Vipassana meditation. Now, Vipassana has been around. It's an entirely free retreat. It is uh, sponsored by each person that goes, pays it forward with a donation, whatever they can afford. And uh, you meditate 100 hours in a 10-day period, of course, it's spread out throughout the day, but it's also completely silent. You're not allowed to talk. Mm -hmm. So the point of the Vipassana is to give you the time and the safe space to see life as it is and to accept any reality that you're having challenges with. So I went because I was in, I'm grieving, I'm still grieving, and Mm -hmm. I needed to process what the loss of my mother means in my life moving forward. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, it's not easy, but they do. I don't want you to think that you're sitting for 10 hours straight. I mean, there's breaks, <laughs> there's breakfast, there's lunch, you know, yeah. they, they do it in a very manageable way.
0: And uh, yeah, I'm glad that you said that because there are, there are some meditation uh, retreats that you go to and you do sit for hours and hours. I've heard, I've never experienced that, <laughs> but I know that it's, it, there's different, different ways of, you know meditating in these these different ways that you look at it but I am glad that you talked about yes. how you do you do eat and you get up and all of that. Yes. Um I would love to to know more about it so that we can link down the show notes because I'm people of I'm course. sure people are going to be interested in it. Yes. Well I want to get into you know originally why we wanted to have you on here there's there's so many reasons and I wish we had more time but uh I love we love the Journey and the pivoting that people take in their life, and it's you know a mindset shift or whatever it is. And I know that before you had your sort of transition of of your life, you you had a nice apartment, pension plan, everything was kind of quote unquote safe. Yeah, as people get very fearful of leaving what I call, and I'm using my finger quotes, working for the man. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, but how how did you pivot? what led to that and I know that you you identify I, I don't know if you still do as a sort of a, a minimalist lifestyle yes. but okay um, so I would love for you to kind of talk about what led to that
2: I was I'm from Washington DC I grew up there and okay. uh, basically what ended up happening was I had a wake-up call I worked in the in the travel industry I was a train conductor I was one of the few female wow. train conductors for six years and wow. Also, as a single female without children, I'm the highest taxed. Mm -hmm. So I remember working one time through the Christmas holidays, and I worked Christmas Eve, and I worked New Year's Eve, and I'm expecting a paycheck of of about uh, $5,800. I mean, this includes overtime, all of those union benefits and all of that. Out of those $5,800, and I'm working about 80 hours a week at this point, I received $2,800 what yes so between the railroad fees and the taxes and all of that i'm like wait a minute why is it that i'm working 80 hours a week but i'm receiving half of my paycheck
0: that is significant
2: it is significant yes and i asked my other co-workers i'm like guys is this normal like am i the only one who (laughs) notices this and everyone is just kind of in their blind existence of this is just the way life is. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, this isn't just the way life is. This isn't right. <laughs> right. And I also saw a lot of coworkers that would die shortly after retirement, you know, mm-hmm. of some terrible disease. And uh, the way a railroad pension is written is if you die, you don't get anything. Neither does your family. So they just took that money. They just oh. took. it. Wow. So it was a wake up call for me. I'm like, wow, these people sacrificed their whole lives for this pension plan that they don't even get a penny if they die, you know, if they don't yeah. even get to enjoy it, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm i a big believer in learning from people that went before you. And mm-hmm. I didn't want that to be my life. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is not the way life is supposed to be. This isn't okay. This isn't right.
0: You hear that all the time about people in other industries too, who retire and they get in this sort of, I don't know if you call it a rut, but they don't, they don't know what to do. And then, and then if they don't do anything, a lot of times they end up, you know, getting ill or, or even passing away. And, and so I, I think I'm glad that you pointed that out. And it also goes to life is short. You never know what's going to happen so that you might as well enjoy the time that you have. This episode is brought to you by Cozy
1: Earth. Sleep is super important to us, as it should be for you, too.
0: You spend a third of your life in bed. Why not invest in making it a safe, non-toxic place?
1: Our top pick for sustainable, eco-friendly sheets, and Oprah's favorite, too, by the way.
0: Enough said.
1: Our cozy earth bamboo (laughs) sheets.
0: The bamboo weaving prevents the skin from becoming sweaty, yuck, maintaining the perfect temperature, and keeping you comfortable while you sleep. We love our
1: sheets. Oh, my goodness. We well, anyway, head <laughs> on over to ArnerVentures.com slash Cozy Earth to grab our code to save 40% on your Cozy Earth
0: purchase. 40%. There's no better discount code than that, folks. Even the Cozy Earth sales aren't giving you 40% off. I'm not even sure that Oprah gets this kind of a discount code. It's good for anything site wide on Cozy Earth.
1: That is ArnerVentures.com slash Cozy Earth to grab that link in code. It's also in the show notes.
0: Now back to the show. <laughs>
2: Exactly. Exactly. So I lasted there six years, enough to be vested in this pension, but uh, I definitely did not want to spend my life cent- focused on just work. And I yeah. think in American mentality or in our country,
0: mm-hmm.
2: work is the center of the universe. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's healthy.
0: Right. I, I heard this uh, thing recently. I don't know if it was on Instagram or where it was, but um, it was just a kind of a quote. And it, someone asked another person, what is your dream job? And the person said, I don't dream of my job. I don't. That's not, that's not my existence. It's not <laughs> something that I'm dreaming about. What I dream about is experiencing life. I don't have a dream job. And I thought, oh, gosh, that's so that's so true. resonates a lot with with me and I'm sure other people. So, you all right, so you decided you were going to, you know, get out of that and then did you say, "Well, you know what? I've always wanted to travel. I'm going to travel and like Yes. You know, well, how how did you do that logistically?
2: Well, I was born in Venezuela. So, I had this if you watch my TED Talk, The Power of Labels to Change mm-hmm. Your Story, I had this horrific experience with US immigration. And even though my family was legal and we followed all the laws, people don't realize that even when you're legal, you're still treated as if you're not. Mm-hmm. So you're still treated like a second class human being or a third class. Yeah. So for years I was kind of just stuck in the US waiting for paperwork. And as soon as I became a US citizen, which was in 2012 and my my family first arrived in 1980, so you could do the math. right? <laughs> I mean, it didn't take me long to be like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It just, it felt like I was living in a prison, you know, in an Mm -hmm. existential prison for Mm -hmm. most of my life that the second I could get out, I did. And I I just kind of never looked back.
0: Right. And so when you decided, okay, I'm going to get out, were you um, working any remote types of things or were you just like, I'm going to just kind of experience things and then figure that out later?
2: i was saving money for to buy a home in the us and so i had some money put away so i saved enough money for about a year yeah uh to to last a year and in that year i figured out some remote work so i didn't didn't go with a plan i just kind of i just i just jumped from the cliff
0: (laughs) yeah i love that i think that sometimes we didn't have a plan either when we when we sold everything and moved here we were we were just winging it but i love that because i think so many people panic about jumping off that cliff and about taking the next step and i think if you are really dedicated to having a different life and making the most of it and and leading with a positive foot then it really works out for you i mean if you really dedicate it you know
2: yes i just had to learn to trust the universe because i think when we make too many plans and we want to control everything uh, we don't leave the space open for what's meant for us. Yeah. yeah. So
0: when you left, and I know you, you talk about um, labels a lot, and I, I'm I'm curious as an American, mm-hmm. um, when you when you left, first of all, what was the fir- where was the first place you went? Prague, Czech Republic. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, so when you got there, did you immediately feel? Um, I guess a a weight lifted about the labels, or do you? Did you? Were you still feeling that? And then did you experience that in other countries? Oh, I felt a weight lifted because Mm -hmm.
2: in America they give us so many labels, and honestly, labels are meant to dehumanize some some people, especially if you're not white, if you're not heterosexual. You know, you just get all this negative publicity. That by the time I got to Prague. Uh, they didn't care. They were, uh, they were just like, oh, um, this is another human being. I felt like a person. I I didn't feel like a label. And I realized that even though externally, the Czech may be very different from us, their language and everything, I realized that they're just people too. So no, no matter what label we give them, they're just people too. So it started, it was, it started to open my eyes to the fact that our differences are actually very superficial mm. They're just yeah. not on the surface.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you, I I've, I've talked to other um, another guest who now lives in uh, Paris full time. She, she's an American and um, but anyway, she lives there and we, uh, she was talking about how she there's, I mean, look with her, there was, there's racism everywhere, but she was talking about the difference in being an American black woman and then going to other countries, she's like, it's very different. It's the experience is very different. Racism exists everywhere, but it, it was just a, um, a, a definite, uh, absolute difference than in America.
2: Yes, uh, I actually realized that if they think I'm American, I'm not always treated well if I say I'm Venezuelan they're like oh well that's different <laughs> we actually like the Latin Americans it's it's the people from the states we don't like too
0: much right
2: and I did notice that and I don't feel hypocritical because yeah. I, was, I was born in Venezuela I'm, my family has been Venezuelan for 300 years yeah so uh when I say I'm American that's the word that they use in Latin America as well because America, the South Americans are very offended when they hear Americans. They're like, as opposed to what? We're Americans too. <laughs> so there's always that problem with labels as well. You have yeah,
0: to- that's a good point. Yeah. You know, I backpacked through college, and that was years ago. We're not going to talk about how long it was, but it was a long time ago. But I remember the books we would read to kind of get ready for it. I remember it. They would say. Don't outwardly talk about how you're an American. And they would say if you're if you're going to have like a backpack or something, they even encouraged to put a button or a patch of the Canadian flag. Ah, yes. What I was like, oh my gosh! Like, so of course, then we led with a little bit of fear, and then it was fine. But yeah, even then, that was it was sort of. Um, I don't know if frowned upon being American is it, but that's how it felt. It was, you know, we don't need to really outwardly talk about that. Yes. <laughs> you know?
2: I did notice here in Mexico, I was here. Uh, I, I, I come and go frequently, you know, at least once a year or every two years. Uh-huh. And I noticed uh, during the 2020 elections or 2016, whatever it was, and some Americans were trying to pass as Canadians because they were very... Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they had fear that uh, with, with the situation between sure. our government and, their, and theirs that they were going to be discriminated and they would say, oh, yeah, I'm Canadian and I could hear a Boston accent or a New York accent. I'm like, dude, you don't have to lie to me. I, I, I hear the New York accent. You're not Canadian. <laughs> right.
0: Oh, I, that's, that's so funny. It
2: was funny. They're like, well, you can hide because, you know, you're Latin American, they like you, but we just want to feel safe in Mexico and not be discriminated.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, my I, gosh. It's, we're try. laughing, but it's a real shame yeah. that you, you even have to do that. But. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Southern Oak Artisan.
1: Southern Oak Artisan makes 100% natural soy candles that are not only aesthetically pleasing, but are safe to breathe since they are made with non-toxic ingredients. And they're not overwhelming like other candles you may be used to.
0: Between morning brew, lemon bake, lavender, there's just so many scents to choose from.
1: Southern Oak Artisan 100% natural soy candles are handmade in our home state here in North Carolina. But lucky you. They ship all over the U.S.
0: Yes, lucky indeed. Head over to com slash Southern Oak Artisan, where you can grab our discount code and link to save on your soy candle purchase.
1: That's com slash Southern Oak Artisan. It's also in the show notes.
0: And now back to the show. So would you say... One of the most important. First of all, everyone should travel. It, it makes you a better human. It it opens your world up. I, we we're firm believers that no one is um, out of reach of travel. You don't have to have a lot of money. You, just getting out of your city it helps open up your mind. So that to me, I always think you know those are the most important things. But what would you say that one of the most important lessons that you learned from traveling was indeed about the labeling or like what, what would you say?
2: I think the most important thing that I realized is that the way we see the world in the United States is a very small bubble. And then coming out of that bubble, you realize, oh, there's a big planet out there and we're all kind of the same world. We all just want to be happy. We all want to be uh, live in peace. Mm-hmm. And then our governments, I feel I feel our governments fight each other, but I don't think the people are fighting each other. We just, I I, we believe, we believe what our government tells us. And I think there's always a lot of hidden financial interests and agendas, but the people themselves, they're very welcoming. I've, I've had like two negative experiences in all of my eight years of travel. 99% of my experiences with other cultures and people have been very positive.
0: Mm. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that's really great. How often do you come? Well, I guess I don't know how long you've been in Mexico. I was going to say, how often do you come back to the States or, or is that now changed where you've mainly been in the States? And then,
2: uh, no, I have, I left, um, with my Portuguese visa in 2020. So I moved <gasps> during the pandemic. It wow. was very, people thought that I was crazy, but I'm like, no, it was the easiest time to leave. Sure. <laughs> yeah. sure. So I only went back uh, last year for five days just to say, physically say goodbye to my mother. I knew she was in the last stages of dementia, mm-hmm. so I knew I wanted to physically say that goodbye, and then I left again. So I, I don't really make it a plan to go to the U.S. unless I'm picking up a visa. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Do you still have family in the U.S.? I do. I do. Uh,
2: I have siblings, and uh, I have my grandmother, who my mom's mom is alive, and she Okay. Just- we just turned a hundred and three uh, two days ago. Yes. That's
0: maybe maybe that's good genes that you're gonna have. <laughs> Very good genes. <laughs> Going back a little bit about how traveling opens your world up and um you know it affects cultural awareness and all that. Do, you talked about how it is you think it's the governments that are sort of against each other? Yeah. Do you feel that other people in other country in other countries um have more empathy towards You know people that are outside of their their country like do you feel that or is it just not you know just uh kumbaya (laughs) uh, well i've noticed that every
2: country has their issues with their their different issues with racism so for Mm -hmm. they all they all have the racism is a little bit different because the u.s here the u.s has a lot of diversity Mm -hmm. but i started to notice for example I was in Portugal, since I have a visa there, and I started to notice a little bit of prejudice against uh, the Brazilians, for example. They Mm. have a lot of things to say. So I started to notice that hatred is a universal feeling, but I think each country handles it differently. So it's a bigger issue in the U.S. than I've seen in other countries.
0: Okay, that makes sense. It's a bigger issue, yeah. Your TED Talk. First of all, I want to know how that came about and then what made you um, I guess what inspired you to start sharing your story, your experience with, you know, with with what you have experienced as um, just a person and then experiencing the labels and then also the traveling and the minimalism. Like, when did you feel comfortable in doing it and was it. Was it, you know, we talked before we got on here about how when you're experiencing something like grief or something in your life, it does help to help others. So I'm now seeing it. Oh, was that sort of what you were doing or like what inspired you to start start talking and helping other people?
2: Well, I'm not a political person. I don't really talk about politics, politics, but I did notice that when Trump was president, there was this kind of anti-immigrant, anti-Latinos Uh, feeling in the country. And I saw the laws that he was changing. And I saw a lot of negative publicity for immigrants. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, he's talking about illegal immigrants, but he doesn't talk about uh, what happens when you do everything right. You do absolutely everything right, follow every law, and you still get rejected. So I knew that my story was important to put out there. Because I think a lot of people get this impression from the media and the news that immigrants are just breaking the laws and trying to take advantage of the country. And I'm like, wait a minute, but what about when you grow up in the States from the time you're six years old? What about when your parents, I'll admit, I, I had a privileged upbringing. Mm -hmm. Uh, My parents paid for for our college education. My parents paid for homes, paid property taxes. Mm -hmm. The only difference is that my parents weren't allowed to get any money back, (laughs) even Mm -hmm. though they brought a lot of money into the country. So I felt it was important for me to share the fact that I went to college here. I I was a performer. I went to musical theater school when I was Mm -hmm. younger, and I wasn't allowed to do any of that because the country decided that I wasn't born in the States. So, I mean, that crumbled my life for almost uh, a decade
0: and a half that mm. I kind of had to survive. How, did you, did the Ted talk come after you had started, You know, cause you were a travel blogger and, and were, yeah. and are you still, are you still a travel blogger? Uh, I, I'm still writing and I still okay. think there yeah. Okay, I, we'll I, talk about your book in a minute, but I, I, I know that the travel blog came first, right?
2: yes the travel okay. blog came first and i i do it for fun honestly it, it's it's a lot of fun for me to give people information and i think that what sets me apart is that i'm not bought like no yeah. one's paying me to say that this place is great this place yeah. is great a lot of tra- travel bloggers are sponsored so they get uh-huh. there's kind of a conflict of interest they yeah. have to say how great a place is where yeah. i'm just Pretty much a traveler, and I share with you my most positive experiences. Yeah. So I think there's an authenticity there that I oh see, yeah that I yeah. don't see in other blogs.
0: You know yeah, almost like a travel diary. Of you yes, know. Mm-hmm. yes,
2: it's like a travel diary. And I, I do get sponsors that want want that want me to do something, and if I don't feel good about it, and I don't yeah. feel like it's true, I won't do it. I yeah, won't do it. yeah.
0: That's how that's how we are about about things, and it's funny when you start growing a community, an online community, brands will come. And and of course, I love, I'm, I love, I'm making a joke when they say, um, oh my gosh, we love your content. Will you promote our panda socks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, have you looked at my content? Like, no way. So we're always like that too, that if we, the moment mm-hmm. you become um, quote unquote right. inauthentic, is yep. the moment that you lose your community because they've, they've come to, um, to, I don't know, follow, I don't really like that, but they come to look at the content that you're putting out because they relate to it in yes. some way, or they're getting something beneficial from it. And so, yeah, I, I hear you with that. It gets a little crazy. Yes. Um, okay. So I want to talk about, I, I I really want to talk about the TED talk because I I'm, sure. I always think it's so great when when someone, of course, is a part of a TED talk. I want to talk about uh, the prep and how ner- were you nervous? Because that's a big stage I and mean, that's a big deal.
2: You have to realize that this was 2019. So it mm-hmm. was before election year in the States and it was in Florida. <laughs> yeah. So here I am on stage saying, you know, I'm an immigrant. I'm Latina. I'm a part of the LGBTQ community and i'm i'm literally with possibly a very conservative crowd yeah so it's important to say i was very sick i was physically sick i had bronchitis which is you know the universe has a sense of humor so i think me being sick was just a part of the healing process yeah. i was telling my story for the very first time in public mm-hmm. uh, and on such a, a big massive platform. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was terrifying. But I, I also I also realized that it wasn't about me. It yeah. was about the bigger message of inclusivity of like, dude, I am not, <laughs> I am not the enemy. You guys, the stories make <laughs> make me the enemy. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I just said hashtag all humans belong like this nonsense of racism and discrimination that persists in our country and that politicians like to benefit from uh, it's it's gotta we gotta start healing this at some yeah. point,
0: yeah. what was the after effects of that? Was it positive or? Uh yeah,
2: I think it was it was positive. I, I noticed after afterwards some students came to me, Latin American students, and one was crying and she mm-hmm. gave me a hug. She's like, I've never heard my story told before. I always hear the negative press that immigrants get, but no one tells you the other side of the story, the way immigrants are exploited financially. And Mm -hmm. we're we're good enough to study in the States uh, and bring money to the States, but then we just can't work there or we get a one-year work permit. And the legalization process is close
0: to impossible. Close. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, well, I, I, we loved it. I mean, as soon as we even found out about you, I mean, of course we watched it and we were, so moved. I mean, as, as two white people who can't really even, I mean, we, we all have labels, right? I mean, um, but I just, to be able to say it was moving, it was so moving. So I can't even imagine um, being someone who can relate to your story. I'm sure they were crying. I'm sure that they were just um, so related, but also just, oh, like this outpouring of, emotions. I mean, because we felt that way. So I can't even imagine, you know. Thank you. Thank you. I I think it's wonderful you shared your story. So thank you for sharing your story. Not enough people do that.
2: (laughs) Yes. I I knew that there was a higher reason for me to share it. And I knew that the right people will find it. And I think it's important to share that we're all equal. Nobody's more or less than anyone else. And labels Mm -hmm. just try to create a story around you. And I, I started learning as well. Uh, The label of white is also questionable because, uh, you know, my family, we have Spanish roots, ancestors. And it's really funny when I come to Mexico or when I go to Spain, I'm labeled white. They're like, but you're white. And I'm just like, I'm not in the United States. So it just just seems really funny to me that uh, I'm a woman of color in the U.S. And all these labels, I'm just like, what is the purpose of this? Like, why does
0: it even matter? Right, right. I, I yeah we had someone else on the podcast recently and he uh, is an artist and he was talking about um a little bit about labels he and and just some of the things that he's experienced but he was he talked about I think the question was what is the difference between um oh gosh it was the elephant and the oh and the ant I think what's oh. the difference between the elephant and the ant like how do they who's more important and we were, we'll both have their their meaning for being here. Of course they both serve their purpose. And he's like, that's exactly right. And that's how human should be. But his yeah. thought process was it was the the system, whether it's government or whatever, that puts those into place. And then, you know, you can go on forever about why that happens and But gosh, yeah, it's really amazing that how does the animal kingdom have their way of life and they don't label each other. I mean, certainly there's predator and prey, (laughs) but they certainly don't label each other, you know? Yes. It's really interesting to dig into that research. Yes.
2: And and I was fascinated to the point that I did do a lot of research. Like, where did the word minority come from? Where and all of these labels. And The more research I did, I realized that a lot of these labels are actually not even accurate because the word minority, for example, gives you the impression that there's less of us and that there's more of you or more powerful. I discovered the word minority is a myth. It's a complete and utter myth. (laughs) When you look at Latin Americans, for example, uh, Spanish is the second most spoken language in the world in terms of number of people. The first one is Mandarin. English is number three. It's just that English has become this major business language, right? Sure. How are we a minority when we're the second, you know? Yeah. Language in the world and people. So. Oh, that's interesting. The word "minority" is meant to make you feel small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not even true.
0: <laughs> yeah. Your book, "Humanized Life Beyond Labels." When, when has it come out yet?
2: Yes, it's come out. It's uh, actually you can get it on Kindle. And recently, I started promoting a paperback because there's a lot of old school people don't like yeah. Electronic,
0: yeah. electronic
2: books. And uh, I'm gonna work on an audio book next.
0: Okay. Oh, I love that. And you're gonna no. do the audio?
2: I'm gonna do my own audio.
0: Yeah. Good. My, I always love when the author does the does the oh, audio. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think okay. that's it's um, some people don't you know, like their voice or whatever. But to <laughs> me, it's like, but it's, it's your words. I That's definitely want to really, hear your words, you know? Yeah. So I'm excited about that. We'll, we'll link the book down below as well. Um, so I think we'll get to your fast five questions. Okay. Number one in the realm of travel, uh, boat or plane? Uh plane. Okay. Number two, lying in a hammock or going for a walk?
2: Oh, I like both. But recently <laughs> I lied in a hammock a couple of days ago. So yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Do you have one where you are in Mexico or like you were just somewhere?
2: I was in Las Coloradas and the the hotel just had hammocks everywhere. So oh. I lived there for hours. It was amazing. Oh, hammocks everywhere is a great
0: vibe for a hotel. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, it was really nice.
0: Yeah. Okay, number three, wine or coffee. Oh, coffee. Okay. What's your favorite kind of coffee? Like, is there a certain style or, you know, uh, bean?
2: Cafe con leche is good, you know, Latin like uh-huh. American style with lots of milk and foam.
0: <laughs> yeah. My new thing is, I don't want to say new, it's probably been about a year, is Cuban coffee. I think that oh. now that I've had Cuban coffee, I can't even hardly have that. <laughs> <laughs> <You can. laughs> I'm like, no, the rest of it just tastes like brown water. It doesn't even taste to me, but mm. yeah.
2: Good stuff. Um,
0: okay, number four. Dine al fresco or indoors.
2: Mm. More times than not, I choose indoors because of mosquitoes. Yes. And the mosquitoes really like me. So <laughs> me do. Me I, do. Li- I like the idea of alfresco, but I always <laughs> end up going back inside.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I really like, like dining outdoors, but yeah, then I end up going, Oh, I just I gotta go inside. I can't stand this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, number five, Jerry. If he was here, he would tell you he thinks this is the most important way to get to know someone. Ketchup or mustard?
2: I like mustard. I don't like ketchup.
0: Hey, okay. <laughs> And are you a yellow mustard person or like the, you know, the brown and the spicy? And-
2: either or. Any type of mustard, I think, is good.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, the most important question we think, and we love to ask all of our guests, is Elaine, what does a life well-lived mean to you?
2: A life well-lived means having a lot of peace in your life, surrounding yourself with people that unconditionally love you without any ulterior motives, and living a life that is right for you. It has nothing to do with money, material things, status, followers. It's yeah. just living a peaceful life with good people
0: and good food. <laughs> oh, 100%. I love that answer. And it it, it makes me think about when, um, you know, people still say about us that we don't live the quote unquote normal life. And it's like, well, what, what's not, why is your normal like, why is that the way that you should do it? So I love that you talked about that, living the way, life the way that you want to live it, as long as you're not harming someone. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's great. That's a great answer, a beautiful answer. Well, Elaine, please tell our audience how they can find you, how they can connect with you, your book. And we're going to link all of these down in the show notes. And of course, we're going to link the TED Talk because we think it's wonderful.
2: Sure, sure. You can find me, my website's lane.me I like to do some public speaking for universities conferences i also do some mentoring sessions for people in big life transitions and uh, you can find me on facebook finally Elaine. i'm on there you can find me on instagram finally elaine as well and i'm very approachable if you want to send a message uh i always answer back
0: i think they can probably hear through your voice that you're very approachable. Cause I think <laughs> your whole vibe is approachable. So I think that they can probably sense that. So thank you so much. This has just been a beautiful conversation. I can just feel that you're a beautiful person and I just, I love your energy and everything that you brought to this. And I, we really appreciate you being here. I hope we meet someday. Me too. Have some food and cool (laughs) baths. Yes. We would love that. We would love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, that was great. Right? Yeah. Once again, somebody we can really align with.
0: You know, a lot of our guests, God, I'm going to sound like such a nerd saying this, but a lot of our guests, you know, we the ones you're involved with and the ones that you're not, but when we are finished with the, I'd say the call, but the conversation, I'm kind of like, gosh, I really liked him or her. Like that was so great. Like I do feel like we have um, these guests who we would hang out with. Right. Yeah. And then Elaine, you were not part of the conversation, but I remember mm. when it was done, you know, we, we always are, especially people who don't live in, in the country. They're not in the country. You know, she's traveling all the time. We were kind of like, okay, hopefully our paths cross. And I was like, I really want our paths to cross. (laughs) I really want to like meet her IRL. Yeah. I just think that she is such a cool person. How inspirational. I just, I loved her. I just thought that, I don't know, sometimes you leave these conversations and you're a better person for having them. And I feel like that with her.
1: Well, yeah. And I can totally see where, where you would align with Mm -hmm. with sort of her whole journey and and her values too and uh, yeah and well really both of us but yeah i can really see you specifically too yeah Yeah. Uh um
0: i think and i i I wondered if you were going to bring this up that you know she used to have a purse collection Uh, well that's what i
1: was thinking when i said that okay and
0: you know i had the shoe Shoe collection. collection yeah and i think it's interesting that when the way she reflects on her purse collection is like, Oh, like I can't believe I was that person. And I'm the same way. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe (laughs) I made a bedroom into a closet and just had all that crap. And you know, it just seems like, you know, you're different people, but that person made you who you are today. So you can't like, you know, hate on that person. You got to bring them with you, as Stutz says in the documentary. <laughs>
1: right. You got to
0: bring that old you with you because they want to come with you and be, you know, along for the ride. Well, it's, you-
1: it's like about having a growth, a growth mindset. You, yeah. That's, yeah, what it's all about is you're just taking where you are and how can you move it forward and... You wouldn't be moving forward if you didn't want to change from, from uh, where That's you were. Right. You, know, you got to be somewhere and move forward all the time, right? That's
0: right. You got to yeah. learn from your mistakes.
1: Yeah, because there's something five years from now we're going to be saying, I can't believe uh, I'm looking around mm-hmm. at things. Uh, I know. There's something here I won't be able to believe from five years from now.
0: We're, That's true. Yeah, That's true. That's true.
1: Yeah growth mindset kids. Yep. That's it. If this episode resonated with you, or if you know of someone who would benefit from anything we talked about today, or any episode, our guests or anything, please share it with a friend. It's a great way of supporting the podcast and us, and we really appreciate it.
0: Another way of supporting the pod is by leaving us a five-star reviewer rating on the platform you're listening to us on. Oh, and go ahead and hit that subscribe button because that also supports us. We would love that.
1: You can always find us, links we refer to during the show, and any of the podcast sponsors at ArnoldAdventures.com or linked here in these show notes. And until next time, enjoy that journey you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Adios. Arrivederci. Au revoir. Adios.
0: Uh, sayonara.
1: Alvideze. Uh,
0: dos vidiniana.
1: And uh, yeah.
0: Bye. Bye.